0: Hello and welcome to Reading in the Peers. My name is Gary O'Brien and this is where I get some of my very good friends on to chat about and discuss all sorts of movies. And joining me today, once again, it's Keanu Driscoll and he's here to talk about the 2006 Western, Seraphim Falls. So stick around, we hope you enjoy. I love a Western. It is, well, this is what Wikipedia told me. It, it's what it is. Western well, no. To be fair, okay. Hold on. What I'll do is let me just have a quick look. It's not really cowboy. It well, look. This is what it says: a two thousand and six American revisionist Western film.
1: Revisionist? Yeah, no, that's a good word. I suppose it's. Uh...
0: I left that out. I just thought I'd keep it nice and simple with Western. But clearly, you've had a deep issue with this.
1: Uh, yeah, it's not really a. Tra- it, that's the thing. It's not a traditional Western, but I suppose. Why? Because
0: Clint Eastwood's not in it. <laughs>
1: no, it's it's uh, they're not. They're, a Western usually involves so, some sort of, like, a ranger or uh, some sort of outcast. And I suppose, yeah,
0: I don't know. It's not really... So it's a Western. Oh, you've kid. revised, you've revisionist your view on this. Uh, and it's revised. A... <laughs>
1: revised wise. Less stress. More, more success. success. <laughs>
0: Hello, you're back. Oh, I'm back. Oh, sorry. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. No problem. <laughs> thanks for coming back again so soon so soon to have you look
1: gary i'm a man in demand <laughs> the westerns were a hit i no, mean a revisionist western a revisionist.
0: Look, when i when i saw the fans crying out for not only a western but a revision an american revisionist western i was like there's only one man for the job so david was busy so i thought i should get keen <laughs>
1: well no thank you for having me no, To be honest, I was very limited in my selection. You don't get
0: to cry about having to pick this movie. I'm going to tell people why you have to pick this movie. So, as discussed on Tuesday's episode, this is the month of my birth, and also the month of the one and the only Navin Native actor, Pierce Brendan Brosnan. So I've decided...
1: Brendan? (laughs) fuck's sake.
0: (laughs) So I decided that uh, for Shits and Giggles, I would have the entire month of May... All of the episodes be a Pierce Brosnan movie Because I just, I love a good Pierce Brosnan movie um, So I asked you uh, My good old friend Keane Driscoll, To pick a Pierce Brosnan movie And you were like, can I not pick something with Clint Eastwood again And I'm like, I'm so sorry Keen. It's got to be a Pierce Brosnan one um, So you picked this movie The 2006 American Revisionist Western <laughs> Seraphin Falls. Why? I don't really like any other <laughs> Pierce Brosnan movie
1: and look, do you know what? No, I be honest, if it hadn't been David picking GoldenEye or you picking David- GoldenEye for David, I don't know which way it worked. I haven't listened to that podcast yet. <laughs> um, I, I kind of consider him a bit of a... a, a how, how to phrase this slightly? Um,
0: Did I just do a whole intro about how I like Pierce Brosnan and you're going to thrash Pierce Brosnan? <laughs> I'm
1: trying not to.
0: <laughs> it is your birthday month. My birthday month. Thank
1: you. Yes, My yes, birthday okay. month. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. Um, no, uh, I, I don't think he's a bad actor. I just think that I don't really like him in a lot of the movies that he's in, or, oh, I don't like a lot of the movies that he's in. Uh, but this is a, a real kind of wild card for him. It's. Uh, you you had you disagreed a little bit, but I, I think he's perfect for this kind of a role. Um, I think he plays it really well. And I it's my kind of movie. I, I love Westerns. Um revisionist westerns. <laughs> um and yeah, like the whole the whole kind of oh, mamma mia, like fine, it's grand, whatever. Like but just that, that's the way I see him, you yeah. know, in all his other movies. Yeah. Goldeneye, even then he's a bit more of a like you know he's never in too many very serious movies. You've never seen The Foreigner. I have seen The Foreigner he's and it was good. But I don't think it was as good as this. Okay. Yeah, no, that's no. fair. I I I like the Foreigner, I really yeah. do. But you know, how many people can you say with Pierce Brown they've heard of Seraphim Falls? I
0: yeah, so that's that was my thing about this movie, because I had never heard of it. And I had told people I was doing this. I was like, just oh I can't wait for my you know, oh, first week of Brosnan uh, Brosnan O'Brien no, birthday, bro's bonanza. I was like, What have you got lined up, Gary? And they were like and I was like, Well, you know, I've got Goldeneye. Oh, what's going on later on in the week? Seraphim
1: Falls and they were like, What? Yeah, and and Co star, Lee Nees. It's a big enough movie, mm. you know. Uh but not many people have heard of it and Me included. Yeah, and like I I find it surprising. Like maybe it's just because it's the type of movie that it is, like it's a Western. But uh you know, I, I think he's really good in it. And yeah. it's I, I think it's more his kind of role. Yeah. Like sure he has that kind of dry humour, kinda of like chatting to the audience nearly kind of humour, but like it's I don't know. I, I, I like to see him play this role. Like yeah. very serious, very you know, uh, aggress-
0: <laughs> aggressive. Yeah. Um, um, so, like you said, many people haven't heard of this movie. So, what is what is Seraphim Falls about? Uh, okay. So, it's probably going to be a bit
1: hard to go through without too much spoilers. But, basically, yeah, without spoilers... spoilers spo- no,
0: just spoilers of this. Uh, okay. No, I can't. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, gives yeah, it yeah, away. Yeah, yeah.
1: The whole point of this movie is that it's the backstory um, giving it away. But, basically, you start off with this man being hunted by... Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. And... Uh, He's hired. Not an actor, not a character, just actual physical Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. (laughs) (laughs) He's taken. uh, (laughs) No. um, And he's hired out uh, uh, four? No, three. No, four, sorry. Four um, goons. Goons. Hired guns. Yeah. uh, To hunt down Pierce Brosnan. Um, And they're somewhere. Jeez, I couldn't tell you now. uh, Rockies. I don't know where the fuck they are. Um, Way up in these icy mountains. I don't know I'm, I'm going to guess it's the Rockies it's the Ruby Mountains the, the Ruby Mountains oh that's right the Ru- yeah. yeah the Ruby Mountains um, and you don't it, it's it's basically just about the hunt for this man and you know uh, just the interplay and the, the extremes that Pierce Brosnan is going through to just to stay away and to get away from the people who's hunting and early on he doesn't know who's hunting him mm. he just knows know that he's being hunted yeah um, of course, Liam Neeson knows exactly who Pierce Brosnan is, and that's why he's so determined. Um, and he's made it very clear from the beginning that he doesn't want the others to, uh, you know, take a, a kill shot. Yeah. He wants them to be, he wants to be, the one who takes the the kill shot or whatever. So you know it's personal, kind of yeah. early on. But Brosnan, I can't remember the name of the actor or the the character. Uh, Brosnan's character Yeah Brosnan Carver Carver sorry Yeah that's right Colonel Carver No sorry No Gideon 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 And then Liam Neeson's Colonel Carver Um, But Brosnan Doesn't know yet But You know uh, So like Most of the movie Is just about the chase Yeah Um, And the character Development along the way And how you're learning Tidbits of
0: What Brosnan is like And kind of like how he's nearly having to come up with all these different ways of escaping Liam Neeson, yes. but also then seeing how desperately Liam Neeson is to hunt down Brosnan. So you're learning the desperation of uh, of Neeson's Carver, but how the resourcefulness of, of Brosnan's Gideon. And and that's exactly what I you know it's one of the things I loved about this movie very
1: early on is the resourcefulness of Brosnan's yeah. character Gideon, um, like. He does things that you would not expect... Or, like, you don't see yeah. coming. Like, they're what clever. In particular.
0: I'm just like, that is... We can talk about it later, but my God.
1: Yeah, well, like, there's so many of those bits. Yeah. Like, he... He he just has a, like... You know, it's Bear grills shit, yeah. basically. Which, you yeah. know, it is. He A lot of piss drinking. <laughs> not actually, but. <laughs> but... But, like... And from that, you can kind of infer... Like, when I... I watched this the first time, oh, years ago. Like, I think it was, oh, I can't remember. I think I was still in secondary school. um And then I watched it recently enough before, and then watched it yesterday. um But the second time watching it after years of, you know, uh, a break, like, I spent a lot more time just looking at the character development of Brosnan in, in the beginning. And I started inferring a lot of things, or like, just, guessed, you know. And he has a wealth of knowledge that you kind of, Assume he is accomplished as maybe a warrior or as a leader or as someone who has a, you know, a wealth of experience behind him. And you're like, okay, so if he's this accomplished, why is he running? Mm. What's he running from? Yeah. Why is Neeson chasing him? And what's the backstory? And you can kind of guess that Neeson's the same. Yeah. You know, Uh, they've maybe similar experience. Neeson's not taking any chances. Mm -hmm. Um, He knows exactly who he's after. Um, So it... It's the plot that's basically the plot, you know, for most of the movie it's just about the chase. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, like character development all the way through and you see some flashbacks along the way as to some of the backstory. Um but yeah,
0: so I I don't know.
1: It's it's hard to go through the plot too yeah, much without giving no, it away. No, absolutely. And I
0: think I think that's realistically what to kinda of tell people. Like, look, it's 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 a it's a, a hunt slash chase movie starring Pier the Irish actors Pierce Bros and Liam Leeson doing <laughs> an attempt at american (laughs) access. um just to kind of you know give you some of the backstory behind it is that uh, it didn't make a lot of money uh it was very unknown as well like it it kind of it had a budget i think of i think i read somewhere something like 10 million uh but it only made about 1.2 million at the box office globally Mm. so not very well known uh the director that made it uh, David von ankin I think is how you pronounce his name. It's his first feature movie, which I think is also very impressive. Mm. Um, fun fact about the role of Gideon, and it's quite it's quite interesting that you said that uh, you know Brosnan was like it was, it was the perfect role for Brosnan um, because he wasn't initially cast as Gideon. Oh, He uh, was he? Only, Pierce Brosnan only got the role three weeks uh, before they started shooting. Uh, it was one Richard Gere oh no was, was cast oh. as Gideon <laughs> I have things to say about Richard he, Gere he was starring in the movie called The Flock I haven't seen him exactly yeah. <laughs> so I think it's I haven't seen it but like it's mad to think that he went on to that I'm very glad he didn't do this I'm movie I'm very glad he did <laughs> um, but David Von Acton the actor uh, the, the director I, I looked him up he didn't I don't know anything he's done. Um, but I will say, this... I, to give people an idea of what I thought of this Western, um, was I actually kind of really like this movie. I thought it was really good. Uh, I had a really good fun... Like, it's weird. It has, like, 55% on Rotten Tomatoes. So maybe it's... I don't know. I just had a really good time watching it. Maybe because I was watching it with you over Zoom and not in Westport because COVID restrictions are in place. Uh, but I... What you call it? <laughs> no, like, I had a really... Good time watching. It's a really good movie, uh, and reminded me. Uh, and it, you, you kind of pitched it to me as a better version of the Revenant, and um, I don't like the Revenant to begin with. um But my God, is this a better version of the Revenant? It's so good. I and like, you know,
1: I don't have the same level of uh, contempt for the Revenant my as God, you. My God, do I hate <laughs> the Revenant? But like, the scope of the Revenant was just all wrong. It was
0: a lot of trees a lot of you know a lot of Leonardo DiCaprio moaning like i i tried drawing.
1: to say <laughs> i tried to say it yesterday it's like over zoom <laughs> over zoom of course um the difference between them is is that the the chase or the hunt is not the storyline um in the revenant no it, the, the the chase is basically or no sorry the struggle is the storyline in the revenant whereas it's not the story in this yes um, yeah. You know, the struggle that We're not talking about The Revenant But the struggle that Leonardo DiCaprio goes through Is basically, that's all the movie You know, yeah. but whereas this This is just a part of The character development of Gideon mm-hmm. uh, Brosnan And that's what I like about it So even though you have those You have very little dialogue You have lots of, uh you know, uh landscape shots You know, uh whatever Drawn out kind of scenes um it's not the main focus of the movie like all a lot like I think it's very well done in terms of the the action that's kinda it's intermittent, but it's not left so long when yeah, you become bored. No, absolutely,
0: yeah. You know. Um I will say, uh okay, we're gonna get into spoilers now. So oh, yeah. my recommendation would be like go rent this, it's three ninety nine on YouTube. It didn't make a lot of money to begin with. Go give that money to Hollywood. Chris Brosnan is still trying to sell his hundred million dollar Malibu mansion mansion. <laughs> go give him a bit of a dig out. Uh so we're gonna get into spoilers and the only reason I bring that up is because I want to talk about that opening scene mm. uh when you mentioned the struggle. And it's funny that you mentioned there's not a lot of dialogue because Pierce Brosnan is on screen for most of the first 15 minutes of this movie Uh, but he doesn't speak a word until the 13th minute Mm. 15 seconds into it Uh, and I love this because on IMDb it says until then he just grunts, groans and screams in pain and one of the first notes I took in this movie I was like this is classic Brosnan grunts and groans (laughs) he grunts very he's a good grunter (laughs) but but bear in mind you know I
1: I also pitched this to you in the sense that you know, <laughs> stop doing that. <laughs> Why is it coming off badly across the Zoom? It's a bit disturbing. <laughs> no, the way I pitched this to you was is that I would be Liam Neeson and you would be Brosnan. Well, you if you tell me that anyway, I'm, of course I'm going to watch this movie. <laughs> but only in the sense that if I am actually hunting you to kill you, I see, because I... Gary talks but... <laughs> and Gary never not talks unless he's really stressed
0: I think I should be Liam Neeson no but no but see I think I'm Liam Neeson because but you have to be Pierce Brosnan because you like Pierce Brosnan no I disagree and as much as I hate myself for saying that see I think you're way more resourceful as a Pierce Brosnan I feel like you could do all the outwitting. Do you know what I mean? As Lee <laughs> Neeson, I'm just chasing. I'm just following. Do you know what I mean? I'm just like, he's probably over there. Whereas I think you're more like, if you went if you went off to the reek and I had to go chasing you, I feel like you'd, you'd escape. Look at you naming it in the common tongue.
1: <laughs> you swear, you'd climbed it recently. <laughs> Not at all.
0: I haven't been to Westport in months. <laughs> but um, you pitched it like that. But I think, I think you're more of a Pierce Brosnan as much as a hate for me to say that. Oh,
1: look you know. no, but i i think all that you know groaning and whatnot like the first like 15 minutes or so like it's based like freezing cold have you ever gone for a swim in freezing cold water and your first reaction is like <laughs> <you> <laughs> <know>. <laughs> yeah, fair enough you, get, you, you know you get for his seat, of <laughs> course so like you know and why would he be talking he's got no one to talk to yeah. he's on his yeah, own yeah, yeah. Um, can we talk,
0: can We just talk about that for a scene like, just a series of events bralson has to go through while he's escaping sure. Lee Neeson so
1: Leeson. the opening scene is basically him you know on the side of a mountain snowy mountain um, and he's lighting a fire or whatever having a snack and uh, Lee Neeson and his band um, are farther up spying on him um, he's you know uh, unbeknown to Gideon and um, you know, he's just there doing his thing. He starts to see his horse become unsettled. And in a matter of seconds, uh, he gets shot at. Mm. First shot misses. Next shot hits him in the arm. And the the hunt starts, basically. And he he panics. He he forgets his gun and he just tries to get the fuck out of there. Like, he, he rolls down the mountain in the snow and just tries to escape as fast as he can. He takes very little with him, just other than his... Uh, his bag and his trusty knife. Just falls for about f- four, f- four of those 15 minutes is him falling down a mountain. <laughs> Tumbling, tumbleweed. <laughs> <laughs> but like one of my favourite lines in the movie, it's uh, Lee Neeson, and they're, the, the band are all kind of talking and saying, oh, uh, you know, we've got him good. Um, you know, uh, you know, maybe we should just go after him. He's not going to get too far. Lee Neeson, no hurry, let him bleed. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, it's a it's a bad wound. Uh he's on the side of a fucking frozen mountain in the middle of nowhere, he's going nowhere. Yeah. Let him hurt, mm. basically. Um very, very from the very beginning you kind of get it's personal. You know, let him hurt, let him bleed, tire him out. Um he's in no rush to capture this man, yeah. really. So yeah they basically take their time chasing after him Lee Nice or Brosnan is the whole time panic and he's running and basically comes to an impasse there like he comes across a river fast flowing glaci- uh, glaciated waters it's fucking freezing he sees a very well placed branch going across a river and you're like mm. I think he
0: said it perfectly at the time. He's gonna fall. <laughs> yeah. I, saw, I saw that. Re- I saw that like uh, glaciated, fast-flowing water. As you called. Uh, I think the weatherman you are. And uh, I saw that, and I was like, man. It- He's getting shot. He's going into that water. I'm just like, there's no way that water has been put there, and he is not falling into it. So he like humps his way across this branch until he eventually falls into it. And, uh, but
1: no more than the grunting, he, he has to go for it. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he uh, has to go for it. Um, you've got no other options. Um, he tries, but he falls in. And luckily enough, or unluckily enough, there's a waterfall. <laughs> <laughs> it just gets so much worse. It, and in that is like the rev, like how much shit can a man go through? Like mm. fucking hell. Um, he falls over the cliff or the waterfall. Um, yes, the ditch is lovely bear coat. Oh, my bear skin. My <laughs> <On> bear skin. <laughs> yeah, weighing him down. <laughs> As Tom Hardy would have said in the Revenant, <laughs> oh, that's an off pelt. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you be running off my pelts, boy. <laughs> so he ditches the pelt, he crawls ashore. And just starts pegging it like He starts running And you know he's really fucking cold Mm. So Cold and shot Like You know you can Some of the scenes start Looking a bit funny But if you look at them a little bit closer And that's why I really like this first You know half hour or so He's making funny noises while he's running And he's running really fast Yeah But it's all just to get the heart rate up Because he's freezing Mm. um, And his clothes are cold Like He's You know that kind of water is probably zero degrees Fast flowing So like you know, glaciated water. He, he glaciated water. He has to start running fast. He start has to get the heart rate up. It just sounds funny. Yeah. You know, him panting and running like that. Um
0: but like, you know, when you think about it, it kind of makes sense. Um yeah, and I think I think one of one of my favorite bits uh, in this opening fifteen minutes of Brosnan trying to just be innovative and resourceful was when he has to start that fire. Yeah. Um. So like you said, he ditched his gun. didn't ditched his gun. He just didn't have his gun with him. Uh, but he had bullets, and he has to start a fire, and he has to start one quick because, like you say, he's freezing. And I really enjoyed the scene of him uh, cuts open a bullet. He, he gets some like wood uh, together and kindling and uh, like puts some gun like cracks open a bullet puts some puts some gunpowder on it cracks open another bullet puts some more gunpowder on it and then he like lines he takes, a, he takes the bullet out lines up the the shell like beside the wood knowing there's gunpowder in it and then like he jams his knife into the bottom of the into shell into the bottom like where the hammer would go into it I don't know. Yeah. and then he like ignites the gunpowder therefore igniting the gunpowder that's on the wood as well and like starts a fire with a bullet and I was like this guy's class it's cool I like him it's
1: cool Like. And they're like little nuggets that you know he's an experienced Hmm. soldier or, you know, he's lived a hard life, you know, or he's been, you know, fighting or whatever or, you know, he's picked up things along the way and it's really cool, like a lot of little... You know the attention to detail yeah. is really good.
0: There's one bit in particular I, I I want to enjoy that we'll, we'll get to in a bit. Um, it, but uh, then we see him do some first aid. He has to like dig a bullet out of him out of his arm, um, looking quite realistic by the way for a 2006 film. And this is something you
1: meant, like you meant, like when he so he digs the bullet out, and he, he's obviously screaming in pain, like you know. Uh, so he digs out the bullet or whatever, and uh, slumps onto the snow, cool it down or whatever, trying to numb, numb his numb his shoulder sticks the knife into the fire takes it out and then sears the skin and just the cosmetic effects there for
0: the time or whatever they're really good i don't know how they did that because he literally takes the prop knife to his skin and it starts smoking and i don't but not just that the skin
1: around actually goes white white, which is realistic like have you ever burnt yourself badly that's what happens the skin goes white immediately. yeah it deadens it i'll
0: have to watch it again because i don't know how they did that it's cool few.
1: it's really cool um but yeah basically he passes out then um having a little snooze and yeah the whole time uh Lee neeson colonel carver and his band are kind of getting closer they come to a little bit of a uh, an impasse themselves when they get to the river because they're kind of the band are arguing against uh neeson's character saying that he couldn't have survived that and he's basically saying no body no money you know mm. uh i want the body you know yeah uh, and until you get a body you're not getting paid they're getting paid by the day for a 30-day contract so i think i don't know what day they're on at the beginning of the movie but they still maybe halfway to go um so yeah they keep going down um the river they get to the waterfall he's gone over so they're like okay nobody keep after him um, and eventually they smell the smoke of Neeson's fire or Pierce Brosnan's fire Um he wakes up eventually and knows that he has to he's got no horse um, and he doesn't know how far behind the others are after him so he this is a really good scene or right, these next few shots it's where you get a sense of how clever he is yeah he basically sets up tracks in every direction and um, he, yeah so he doubles back on his tracks he walks through the snow in a certain direction and then walks back in the same like in the exact same tracks so he doesn't you know uh, so it looks like he's just gone off in one direction and yeah and then he basically just finds a tree jumps up and climbs up the tree tries to hide uh, Neeson's band get there and he gets them to split up uh, they realise he's still bleeding by finding some of his clothing, and right, he can't have gotten far. Uh, they split up. And, yeah, so, I guess this is one of the first kind of gruesome scenes or whatever. Um, one of the characters, one of the band, can't remember his name, he he comes across this tree. The others are all scattered around looking for tracks or whatnot, following the, uh, the different dead ends. Uh, and he's snuffling around this tree looking at tracks they've just stopped at this tree and he looks up can't really see anything and then unluckily enough uh, some of the blood running down Brosnan's arm uh, drops onto the snow um, and this gang member looks up and just as he does Brosnan lets loose his knife smack bang middle of the head kills him outright Brosnan takes a tumble (laughs) Falls about 15 Classic feet. Classic Gideon. <laughs> Falls about 15 feet, but lands yeah. on the body. Yeah. And again, another gruesome pretty... Se- like, But again, pure survival. He now has a gun. His pure fist, survival. Yeah, he... <laughs> <ooh>. <laughs> he has a gun, but his hands are fucking... They're frozen. Like, mm. you know, he's just come out of river, middle... Like, wet clothes. So, he... Cuts open this man, sticks his hands in... in his belly. His belly. Mm. Uh, sticks his hands in just to warm up his hands so
0: he can use his fingers to shoot a gun if needs yeah. be. So that's, that was one of the bits I had where I had tauntaun hand warmers. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not a nice scene. No. And but like it's, it's gas because then when... Uh, I enjoy you calling them the band because I'm imagining that like there's, there's some weird accompanying band to like <laughs> Liam Neeson's lead singer
1: accoutrements the
0: accoutrements um, so like when they discover that they're like what the is he eating <laughs> like they have no idea what they're up against but uh, Neeson's kind of aware of it and this is kind of like um, and this is where they kind of start to realise oh shit there might be a bit of danger in it and there's that scene later on where uh, so how many do we have left we have three of the band left Three of the band we've left. got George, Paul and John left <laughs> the fuck just did that? Ringo just got killed <laughs> and then we've got Liam Neeson and uh, the, the character known as The Boy uh, probably has the more like he ha- he dies but probably in the most gruesome way out of all oh it's it's savage it's again uh, another bit of a brazen and resourcefulness yeah
1: like um, as he's you know running away uh, you know in this chase or whatever he comes across a, a dead bear um, that's being killed by this bear trap and he obviously doesn't have a horse, so like he ha- he has to try and stall them. You know, he has to try and fucking just whittle down their numbers. Yeah. Um. So he takes the bear trap. And sets up a trap, basically. Uh, you know, <laughs> a bear and, trap trap. But it's really I- inventive. Yeah. Um. You know, it's basically some sort of spring spring mechanism where you know if one of the horses that is chasing him steps on this it releases the bear trap from the branch and that's what happens it catches this young young boy
0: it's like swings out of a tree swings out of a tree and like the bear trap is open open. and it just impales the boy like the
1: young lad right in the middle of the chest and it's so sudden it's kind of like a, a shock factor for the audience yeah like they're just riding along. You know something bad's going to happen, yeah. but you don't expect it to be as gruesome.
0: See, I was see what where, where, I, where my expectations were was that like the bear trap would like, of, like work as a bear trap and get the horse. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I was expecting when I saw the horse stepping over like this branch, and I was like, oh no, poor horse! Uh, but no, poor the boy, or as I'm going to call him George. George, <laughs> George. But,
1: And this is this is what's interesting about the character development of Pierce Brosnan is that he could have done that. He could have gone for the horse. Mm. Okay. So what would that do? That would slow down Neeson's band. But they knew that he knew they had his horse as well. Yeah. But like, you know, what's his objective? Like he doesn't yet know who's chasing him. I think he does at that point. Oh, he point. does. He does at this point. Sorry. He does.
0: I jumped point. slightly ahead. Apologies. Um, he does at this point. There's a small interaction between
1: him and Neeson. Him and Neeson. Um, he does know who... He does uh, know that um or the the person that's after him now colonel carver um so i guess he's taken no prisoners mm. you know he's there to do the utmost damage yeah um you know he's a cold blood killer like he's not afraid of taking a life yeah but at the same time you kind of get a sense that he is hurting from it he takes it on a
0: on a per, or an emotional level yeah like he's only killing because he kind of has to in a way like the yeah. same with the guy looking up and he goes if you look up i'm kind Kid. like just walk away like to be the first guy the Ringo yeah yeah and he's like if I kill if he looks up I'll kill you if he doesn't look up I'm not going to kill you yeah uh, this case it was just like they, because there's this slight interaction where Brosnan sets up camp they find him and then he has to kind of scuttle away and they he uh, Brosnan sees them set up camp and he's kind of creeping up on them and this was one of the bits of the movie where you just thought it was slightly unrealistic because Liam Neeson walks like two metres one direction and then all of a sudden he's behind Brosnan holds yeah. him up and Brosnan's like why are you doing this and he goes Seraphim falls and then we get our first like like flat like gladiator-esque flashback of like yeah. oh, da, da. it's just like <laughs> flames running. and horses and you're just like this could be anything I don't know what's going on yeah um, and then Brosnan gets away and then that's when he sets up that bear trap trap and uh, yeah it's gas because like the two like the two other guys just want to like jump ship uh, but Glean Leeson's just like hey you can have their share. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, more money for you in this now. And bait, and like, just for later
1: on in the movie, just a point to note is that he owns the horses that they're on. So yeah. he basically says that, um, if you jump, you're going to be walking. Yeah. Um, they're my horses. Uh, sure, you can share in the spoil or the, the money that's owed to the dead people. That's fine. But if you quit now, you're going to be walking home. And they're. My, I'm not going to let you ride home. They're my horses. Um, so basically, then it's just three on one and they're the whole time, I don't know which direction exactly they're going, but they're going down from the mountains into
0: the lowlands, yeah. basically. And, yeah.
1: In, where, if he gets a it's, horse. where's yeah, he got so that horse that's that's,
0: So he initially he gets the horse from the family that we can just... Yeah, yeah. we we'll like, brush over yeah, that. It's yeah, filler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. And uh, I think, is that the moment then when um, Brosnan then is coming out, like he's coming down from the lowlands, like you say, and then he comes across those three guys and the horses who are like bank robbers? yes they've just come
1: from a town with uh you know they've just held up a bank whatever and they're they're wanted men mm. um kind of you know he's like you know what you're fine <laughs> uh, just i don't
0: want to fuck with you you don't want to fuck with me let's get yep, let's move let's, on
1: you know uh but one of the members um basically says wait hang on do i know you and it's kind of a nice little interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's the one that goes, I don't think we should fuck with him. Yeah, it's a nice little kind of, in you know, uh, information kind of filler. Like, he just, he kind of gives this little backstory of when, so it's kind of coming off the back of the Civil War again. Sorry to have yeah. brought that up from the last movie as well. But well, actually,
0: just a very, very, very quick tangent, uh, which was that when I was reading up on Wikipedia about this. Uh, like the last thing in the in the summary section of it says notable similarities have been found between the film and the 1976 revisionist western the outlaw Josie Wales (laughs) I am not making that up that is literally the last thing on this thing so it is interesting that the two movies you picked both last week and this week me having forced you to pick this movie happen to be uh, quite similar according to Wikipedia (laughs) I, I didn't really. Like, so I two Civil War movies. For you.
1: <laughs> I haven't looked up anything about this movie, so it is interesting. It's very obvious. Um, but what this young lad of the trio is basically saying is that he knows the story of uh, Gideon, um, basically oh, yeah. surviving a, a skirmish or something on a bridge where everyone else was blown to bits. Uh, Gideon was on the retreat or something, and he killed. You know, story goes he's killed a hundred men at that battle single single-handedly. Um but also something about losing two sons. It's just a nice little backstory. Um but basically the message of the exchange is that do you know what? Let him go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't don't fuck with this man. Um and the leader of the trio is basically kind of he's he's going to agree with them. He's going, okay, do you know what? Fuck it. Like we have what we want, we have the money, let's just go. Um And then the kind of, you know, reckless one is basically saying, no, he's seen our faces. If he makes it to the town and says where, which direction we've gone, you know, we can't let that happen. So the other two ride off. Neeson's gone off in one direction and back towards the town. But the, you know, the reckless guy, he's gone after him and he catches up to, to Gideon. Uh, he stops him and he says, "Look, turn around. I don't want to shoot a man in the back. I haven't done it yet, and I don't want to start now." And Gideon's basically just saying, "Look, boy, just go. Yeah. You don't want to. You don't want to mess with me." And throughout the movie to this point, you slowly begin to realise what an accomplished killer he is. Yeah. Um, he is a man of survival, basically, and he's shown it in terms of his skills and his ability to kill without thinking about. He a very particular set of skills. He is a very particular. <laughs> Lee Neeson has met his match, <laughs> yeah. but the young lad cocks the gun. I will, find gun. You. I will <laughs> kill you with your very particular set of skills. The young lad points the gun at him, cocks it, and in the blink of an eye, Gideon takes out his knife, flings it behind him, catches the young guy in the throat, kills him outright. And again, showing his skill, like he is now, he just he, from the beginning he becomes or. Er, He's constantly becoming in a better position. Yeah. He now has a horse. Mm. Uh, he has a gun. Yeah. You know, he's got a couple of days ahead of the other guys. Uh, he's reached the lowlands. His chances of escaping have gone up. Yeah. And, you know, the band of people with the two of them are dead, you know, so it's kind of interesting it's and all looking up
0: Brosnan it's all looking up Brosnan um, until it's not looking up Brosnan it's looking down <laughs> Brosnan uh, because that's when he kind of ro- rolls into that sort of construction camp for the new railroad
1: yes but before that we see the third member the older man
0: oh, in the band oh yes well, that's, well so Brosnan goes into town and then Lee Neeson catches up to the body yes. so not before that but after that but yet before the next bit <laughs> Neeson sure. Neeson and oh, who's left at this point I suppose it's John and Paul John and Paul <laughs> of the, the band. real stars the real stars <laughs> and um, so what happens is oh, this is a perfect analogy wait for this so what happens is they come across um, they come across the guy Brazin's killed because Brazin's just left his body and he's taken his horse and they find the body and they're just like holy shit one of the guys is just like oh my god this is this is one of the guys it's like $250 a reward for him this is way more than you're going to pay me and then Neeson and the other guys like hey you sure you want to do it? like?" and he's like fuck off you go find Pierce Brosnan you go, go go get killed I'm going to take this guy this is guaranteed money I'm taking this yeah. and uh, and then Lee Neeson's like hey you know what that, yep, fair enough that's grand and so sure? him and him and Paul walk off because John wants to break up the band <laughs> it's always John it's always John He's found his Yoko, which is the dead body of the wanted man. <laughs> um, and this is the bit where we were, where we were watching it over Zoom. And uh, we see uh, Neeson and Paul ride off. And I was like, jeez, they're going to let him go? Didn't he say he, like, he was going to... Like, those were his horses. You can't leave with his horses. And then as he like turns the corner, he like shoots the horse that your man, John, was going to carry the dead body on. And goes, hey, it's my horse. You're going to have to walk back to town with that. With a rotting corpse. With a rotting corpse. And he goes, there's no way you're going to make it to town. Like... You know, I think it's six days six without days. food, without yeah. water, um, and in ridiculous heat. Yeah. So this get so this again goes to a whole Neeson thing of like Neeson's like, if you're not with me, you're against me. So why the fuck? Like, look, if you're if you're gonna be a dick about it, I think like, fuck you. There's no the, room for fluffing this. Yeah. like You know. Not at all, uh, and again, it just kind of shows, and it's it's great because uh, one of the things um, Neeson said about his role, uh was he 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 said the like. He kind of like likened his role to the character of Carver uh, his character to Carver to like Captain Abed I don't know if you've read Moby Dick which yes. is just like he will do any like he will just go at any cost to fucking like, That's
1: what I liked like the whole time throughout this movie it's what's driving the two of them you revenge. don't know yet <laughs> Yeah
0: well, revenge. You, well You don't know which direction it's yes. going in yeah. You know, you just uh, know Who's Sarah the good the guy
1: fight? Who's the bad guy The kick, good guy is always Pierce Brosnan (laughs) 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 But like That's what I like about the movie Is what's driving One man To You know Relentlessly hunt Another And then What's driving this other man To
0: kill Like how many people Has he killed Like it's uh, At this point We've got Three uh, or four Ringo George (laughs) And The bank robber Yoko
1: Like but three gruesome deaths. Like, he's willing to go through anything just to get away. So what's mm. driving him? It's really intense. Like, I find it really intense, you know? Yeah. And it's something that as a viewer who's watching it for the first time, I think it's like, okay, I want to know.
0: Yes. I want to know yeah, the backstory. It's, because it, it, it's great because as much as it is a Western, it's also kind of a mystery as well. Because yeah. you, you spend the whole movie trying to... Like, again, they kind of drip feed you information. But they are try, you are trying to guess what the fuck's going on and it's like those like dialogues when the bank robbers kind of one of them kind of speaks out and goes hey I'm pretty sure he killed like a hundred guy on a bridge you're like oh okay now I'm starting to understand why Pierce Brosnan's able to do all this sort of shit yeah um, so that kind of leads us into the railroad the railroad section yeah. which is kind of my least favourite section I kind of find it slows it down a bit it's this a bit I, filler as well yeah this is where I find myself kind of being like okay can't get home with it um, the only the only thing I can think about this Is that he needs another horse <laughs> Yes yeah. Wait, No he has the horse But his horse gets taken off Because yeah. the railroad people are like Hey I noticed that That's one of the horses that were stolen Because of the bank robbery the bank robbery uh, My favourite bit about this Was that it's a load of Irish people That kidnap Sorry Irish people in the movie That kidnap Irish actor Pierce Brosnan And I just love Pierce Brosnan With his clearly Irish accent trying to do an American accent insulting Americans trying to do an Irish accent and he's like listen here paddy boy (laughs) (laughs) which is funny because uh, Xander Berkeley I think his name is who plays like the chief of the railroad he's American playing an Irishman and then you've got Pierce Brosnan and Liam Neeson both playing Americans who are both Irish and it's fun fact there's a later on a character we meet In the desert. Who I'll get onto in a bit. uh, uh, That person actually lived in Ireland a lot. In their youth. And holds an Irish citizenship. So I just. What I quite enjoy about this. Is that GoldenEye. Which we covered on Tuesday. I think. (laughs) uh, Is a movie with an Irish James Bond actor. And a kind of an Irish element to the score. Mm. So whereas the James Bond franchise. Known for being quite British. Uh, with an American singer written by Irish lads with an Irish actor Uh, we've gotten this American western with quite a heavy Irish Irish. element to it as well so I kind of like these two British and American things but with an Irish influence as well Yeah,
1: I like it in the sense as well that it's kind of realistic I mean like a lot of Irish people probably went over for working on the the railroads (laughs) you know uh, we have a good track
0: (laughs) (laughs) a train wreck a train wreck uh, but Brosnan gets captured By this guy By these paddy boys These paddies, paddy boys
1: And uh, They're basically Just holding him Because they think He's this horse thief With a reward on the Oh couch. they think
0: he's the guy That uh, Rob John was going to <laughs> Was going to cash In a reward
1: on Yeah Um. So he's just being Held captive there And then Neeson and uh, Paul Yes Paul Right I could find their real name But yeah, Paul is ah, way more fuck easier it. Yeah fuck it. <laughs> These podcasts Aren't known for their uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> We gotta
0: find Brosnan. (laughs) I'm pretty sure he's out here in the desert. (laughs) Um, Why do you want to kill him, Mason? (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking of writing a James Bond song. It's called Live and Let Die. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, sorry. So Brosnan's captured, he's in this railroad camp, but also Neeson rocks up into town. Yeah, with Paul. And uh <laughs> I've been. always
1: wanted to do a song with
0: <laughs> Rihanna and Ke- and Kanye West. <laughs> oh stop. People think I'm the last <laughs> Feature, but they forget about Ringo. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Apologies. <laughs> okay. Are you crying? <laughs> you're in tears. You're in <laughs> tears Brosnan right now.
1: Tears Brosnan was earlier in the podcast. He was
0: earlier in the movie, yeah.
1: Um, basically, yeah, no, they reached the little uh, railroad town and they're like, uh, has a man rode, rode, uh, rode through here with the, with the horse or whatever and... They're like oh, Maybe What's it to you Typical yeah. Irish Like yeah. holding all the cards Yeah And uh, he's just saying Well let's just say We're looking for him Because <laughs> they
0: think Because they Because the Irish lads Think that he's also Trying to cash in On that reward
1: Cash in on the reward You know And he's like What's it to you And it's just like Oh we don't care too much About the horses Or the reward mm. We're looking for the man Um. And He's basically saying Well look You know fuck baby, off well, yeah, kind of fuck off But Lee Neeson's kind of just saying Well look, I, I don't care about any of this bullshit Look, if he's not here Fuck it, forget about it I don't want to cause any trouble Can we just water our horses? And uh, your man's like Yeah, sure Go on, water them yeah. uh, And he points to some other fucking lad And says, show them the way to the water Um, But Neeson then has a quick scout around um, Doesn't really find him for a little bit And during this We just flash to uh, The tent where Brosnan's being kept getting being kept And there's a lad watching them going through Brosnan's things um, Brosnan starts taunting him, calling him Patty Boy As he's drinking Some very brown Looking liquid it, it better be whiskey <laughs> I, Whatever it is I want to have A slug of it <laughs> <laughs> I mean it, It's a filthy brown But it looked You know it's good stuff well, like... Like, <laughs> You know uh, What's it It's like Jack Daniel's coloured Do you know But I yeah. don't really like Jack Daniel's But it's kind of like That colour yeah. it's um, like I'm
0: intrigued by you Yeah I want to put you In a glass of one ice cube <laughs>
1: But, yeah, he basically taunts him, and your man gets up with a knife, and he's, you know, flaunting his way over. Brosnan gives him one swift kick to the balls. (laughs) Oh my god, it
0: is not it is a
1: vigorous kick to the balls. Your man sinks down on his knees, Brosnan goes with another kick to the jaw, knocks him out, clean out. It's very fast, it's cool. Uh, Brosnan kind of scrapes the knife over to him, cuts his bond, and gets out, basically. Cuts his what? The bonds. Oh, sorry. Did you like that?
0: I didn't like that, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like James Bond. <laughs> um, and this, and that, that kind of shows his um, his resourcefulness again, but also it's kind of showing how important his knife is to him as well, and that he's kind of used that majority of... He's used it to get the gun out, the, the bullet out of him earlier. He used it to cauterize his wound. He used it to kill one of the guys, two of the guys, um, up until this point as well. It's his, like his main weapon. It's how he's able to like it's his like survival item, I suppose. Yeah. Um and it's pretty much from this then he kind of fecks off to the He fecks off. He 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 gets a horse, um,
1: from their ho the horse holding or whatever, yeah. um and he just rides off in a certain direction And he doesn't really specify which. Um he basically fucks off out of there. And the other two you know they kind of sense that something's up Because someone reports back to the, the chief The foreman or whatever Saying that look he's escaped the foreman goes on a You know A quick scout around as well And he's like How the fuck did this happen um, Neeson You know Kind of senses that something's up And he's like Okay he's gone Yeah um, There's a little confrontation You know Don't have to get into Too much detail But a little confrontation Neeson basically Says look We're getting the fuck out of here We don't want anything to do with you anymore Yeah We're going and um, they get their horses and they leave. And again, the hunt is on. Um, and it's basically into, into nowhere. Yeah. Uh, Neeson and Paul, uh, run into, a missionary group just traveling across the prairie. Uh, they stay oh, with yeah. them. They, Forgot st- about that. they stay with them for a night. Uh, they're all talking about God and shit. They're all talking about, which is funny because it doesn't, them just ride right past them. He rides right past them. He mm. doesn't stop. Mm. Um, which is, it, it, it's another interesting point Like, Brosnan He has I, I just love his character in the sense that like He has nothing left You yeah. know, he's You get a sense that there's something driving him He doesn't care for anything anymore You know, he stops for nothing or no one. he's just escaping Neeson and Paul, they stop um, And they stay overnight Paul drinks a ridiculous amount of hooch uh, Gets ridiculously drunk they wake up the next morning and they ride off Um, because your man's so hungover basically he's you know he's given out Pierce Brosnan says look it's your own fault you're drinking too much or sorry Neeson gives out you're drinking too much Paul snaps at him Pierce Brosnan's like do you know what sorry sorry." Neeson says sorry here's some water and as your man's drinking his water Neeson pulls a gun on him, saying you ever threaten me again I'll kill you he realises that he's no bullets yeah the missionaries have stolen all their bullets. Yeah. Um, whether it's through a pacifist thing or that they steal them for their own protection. It's probably hard enough to come across bullets, I don't know. Yeah. Um. But he has this one bullet left in his pocket, his cold pocket, and he says, as long as I've got one for your man, Brosnan, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. You know, I've got one. That's all I need. Um, I just thought that was an interesting part. And basically, yeah, they keep chasing, chasing on after. Um.
0: But it's funny, because Brosnan, after he kind of rides past them, that sort of group, uh, he runs into another character.
1: Not yet. Oh, no. Uh, oh, j- no,
0: I'm a fool. Sorry, there's nothing that happens.
1: Yeah, not yet. Um, he basically runs his horse into the ground. The horse collapses. And it dies. And it it's something I really like about the movie, is the whole setup. Uh, you can tell the horse is fucked. Yeah. You, know. you, yeah, you pointed this out. It was really interesting. The horse is, like, throughout the movie, like... Brosnan's just escaping And he rides Whatever horse he has He rides it to exhaustion The horse is Like You can see it in the movie It's glistening with sweat Yes The hair is matted I As thought fuck that was, Yeah it was really it's good It's dehydrated detailed. Yeah um, It basically collapses And uh, uh, Brosnan slits it slits its throat uh, And um, And he can see In the distance The dust trails From uh, Neeson and Paul um, and he's like, okay, I have to think of a plan, you know? Yeah. And that's what I like again, survival. He's like, how can I turn this bad situation into an advantage? Yeah. And it's It's a bit fucked again. Um, yeah, this,
0: sorry, I can't believe I forgot. I got the order of this completely wrong. This is the most fucked part of the movie, it's really fucked.
1: Yeah. Um, and
0: again, Just how fucked is it? King? Just how fucked is it? It's like loose Skywalker fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Tauntaun Hand Warmer is more like Tauntaun Cocoon. <laughs> he so the
1: horse has been killed he slipped he slid its throat and easton and Paul ride up after a while uh they come across the horse the horse is completely uh gutted the yeah. entrails are everywhere and your man Paul hops off and he's like what the fuck attacked this was it a bear or wolves or yeah. something uh, cuz they're I in know? like the middle of the desert the middle part. of the desert maybe yeah. it's coyotes or something he walks uh Walks closer to the horse. Turns around. He's like, what the fuck is out here? And very, very quickly, yeah. uh, Gideon jumps out of the horse. Mm-hmm. Uh, covered in fucking guts and shite and whatever. Yeah. And grabs uh, Paul and puts a knife to his throat. Um, and says to and get off the fucking horse. Basically, yeah. you know, throw away your weapon. I've got your man. Yeah, It's a disgusting scene. Mm-hmm. It's like... He's... The horse is given birth, basically. To <laughs> Pierce Brosnan. To a beautiful, glistening baby boy Brosnan. <laughs> With a full beard. Full beard. <laughs> and Neeson gets off the horse. You know, takes out... Slowly takes out his gun. And... Pure sign of how ruthless he also is. Very swiftly shoots Paul. Doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. You know. Uh, he's getting in the way, basically. At this point. So... <laughs> With his last bullet. With his last bullet. Yeah. Um, and Brosnan's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, shite. So <laughs> Brosnan doesn't know that it was his last bullet, obviously. So he's just like, bollocks, I'm fucked. Yeah. Um, all he has is a knife now. Um. And so Neeson's like, do you know what? Throw, you know, get down on your knees, throw away your knife. He does that. And Neeson wants to savour this. You know, he does it slowly. He walks over to him and he's talking to him. And he's like, you know... Uh, there's no point rushing this now. I yeah. have you exactly where I want you. Yeah. You know. Um, I can't really remember the dialogue and too much of what goes on here, but basically it's a small exchange. Yeah. Um, wanting Neeson, wanting Gideon to you know uh, realize or come to terms you know, with his fate. Now. Yeah,
0: because this is where we discover the backstory. The backstory. But just before we get into the backstory, what I wanted to just tell you very quickly was Brosnan's character hiding in the carcass of a horse to trick his pursuers is much like Neeson uh, does in his, ro- in his role in Rob Roy, where he hides in a dead bull to evade the British. I just thought that was a oh, like oh, fun little... I haven't you know, seen Rob Roy. Yeah, well, he hides in the dead carcass of a bull to evade the British. Hmm. There you go, but yes, yeah, so we find out about the whole what, what is motiv- motivating a Neeson,
1: so yeah, I guess that does flashback. Uh, to this, is where you find out exactly what's driving the two men. Um, and so throughout the f- movie, like you, you, you hear their titles Colonel Carver, um, and he was a Confederate, yeah, um, basically, A uh, Colonel uh, in the Confederate Army, and uh, so. But also Gideon was, uh, I think, a captain. Uh, I think he he was quite a high rank as well, basically. Um, and quite akin to the Josie Wales. Uh, you know, you have this band of bluebellies rounding, go, going around the countryside looking for remnants of the Confederate army. Mm. Maybe groups of them hiding out. And he comes across. No, he's looking for Colonel Carver. Yeah. Um, ...who might still have his band of men... ...he asks him directly in this flashback... Um, ...you know... Uh, ...where are your men? Um, he's at his farmstead with his family... ...the uh, con- uh, the unionists write in... ...and he's like, oh, where's where's your men? Where's the cannon, basically? You yeah. know? It's just a little side story, you know? Uh, yeah. And he says, I disbanded them months ago... ...I shelled the cannon, it's gone... Uh, ...but in the meantime... The unionists have set fire to his barn. His wife is outside. She starts screaming. She's saying, "Oh, my baby's in the house." Yeah, this the gets very dark. It gets a bit dark. You get and right suitably so because you know again, what's driving these two men? What happened in the past that was so bad mm. that drove them to these extremes? Um. So yeah, so the baby's inside. She starts screaming. Uh, they have a little boy. He was out farming with. Uh, carver uh, colonel carver uh the the wife breaks free she's being held captive by some of the, the unionists and she breaks free runs into the house to save her baby the f- yeah, it's so warm out and so dry like the house just seems to fucking catch on fire like awful quick yeah um and the boy somehow managed to escape as well and run into the house with the mother yeah um nieces is being held by four men he can't yeah. Um, he's really fucking struggling um he's screaming um and they get trapped in the house While it's go, it goes on fire um, Gideon is just he, It's like he's just dumbstruck He's like How did this get out of hand So quickly Yeah um, And he can't believe What's happening before his eyes And you just see the anguish In Neeson's face Yeah um, As he's basically watching His whole family burn
0: yeah and this this is what i when you were saying who's the good guy uh because it's kind of like because neeson then it's not like neeson brosnan turns to his like first in commander where the second commander goes you told you you told me you'd check the house like when, when i said light fire to the house you said there was n- like you check the house so so when brosnan had kind of instructed for the house to be lit on fire because he thought this was just some confederate's house fuck it burn them who cares um what you call it he didn't know there was like a, the child inside so what i loved most about this scene was um after all this happens and, and Brosnan realize what's after happening with this, you know, wife and two kids are after dying pretty much kind of on his orders. Yeah. He just, he, you just see him walk away, the, the rest of the Unionist army kind of take away Meeson and he just walks away, takes off his jacket, takes off his belt, almost as if like, I'm done with this. I'm done with this. You know, and it's a,
1: it's a good, again, just to reference the last podcast, it, it's one of the great lines of, uh, Josie Wales was just like... You know... All of us died a little bit in that war. Yeah. You know... Uh, that walking... That scene where... Uh, Gideon walks away is is class. Like... He just... He takes off his... The, the belt with the gun... And his jacket. He's done. He's yeah. finished. And It he, goes back
0: to what you were saying earlier... Just about how like... Liam Neeson has nothing left. Pierce Brosnan has nothing left. They both because have you, nothing. Because you imagine that... Brosnan had spent all of his life... Or Gideon I suppose we should call him. Uh, spent his whole life fighting for the Unionist army. And in that moment his family nearly died because, well, in the sense of what he believed and what he sought sort of, you know, what he believed in and and what he fought for, he was like, what am I fighting for now if this is what the outcome is? And, like, he loses his family of sorts in that moment as well. So it's almost like you say the two of them die a bit in that confrontation.
1: Oh, 100%. Like, they're shells of the men that they were, basically. And I can't remember, I don't... I don't know how long the war is going on for, but you can just imagine they're both really tired. Yeah, you know, Carver says it. He's like, "We disbanded the group months ago. Yeah, you know, we're done." Yeah, he's there with his family farming. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a rough scene. Yeah, um, but that's a, this is a flashback. So flash yeah. forward to the present. Um, you know, and uh, Neeson has Colonel Carver has Gideon at gunpoint here. Uh, Gideon's on his knees. He's thrown away his knife. Uh, Carver is pointing the gun at him Savouring the moment He doesn't I can only imagine He doesn't really know What he's going to do yet Because he's no bullets left But basically Very quickly Gideon manages Somehow disarm him He gets the upper hand He gets the (laughs) He gets the upper hand Oh my god Just so quickly Does he obtain the upper hand I don't know how he does it He, He somehow gets him down On the ground Classic Brosnan Classic Brosnan He's a fucking warrior Um, And it's a fist fight, but basically Brosnan does get the upper hand, but he doesn't kill him. He gets his knife. He points at him, says, don't you come after me. We're done. We're done. And um, he steals both horses, but he leaves uh, a water canister for Neeson mm-hmm. and he basically rides off. Yeah. And there's a bit of to and froing between the scenes. Neeson waking up and Brosnan riding away. But eventually Brosnan runs into this small watering hole. Mm-hmm. Um, gets off. Fills up his water canister. And waters the horse's butt. And
0: almost this, this Native American lone latte-esque <laughs> character <laughs> comes out of the blue.
1: And he... I can't remember what exactly he's in. He's in a few films. Um, but he's an interesting character. He basically... It's like he knows... The plot. The plot.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. This, uh, whole, this whole last like, third of the movie is it's, quite interesting. It's quite a... It's a bit the last, last 25 minutes. Yeah. I don't really... Now, you've probably read a lot more about the backstory than I have. But I honestly don't... I, know don't I, did, I couldn't find anything about it because no one's ever heard of this movie, so therefore they, no one has written anything about this movie for <laughs> me to be able to read anything about it. <laughs> but, like, if you were to look at it in a, it, It's nearly
1: cultish. Like, yes. it, it, you don't know exactly what... He basically seems to know the plot. He knows yeah. that Gideon has stolen these horses. He has... A life for a life, he says, you know, um, and, you know, I'm giving you life by giving you the water, so you need to pay me in return. Mm. Um, and Gideon said, I have nothing to give you. Mm. And he basically said, well, the black horse will do. Give me the black horse. So one of the horses, basically. Yeah. Because he takes, he takes Paul's and... He takes Paul's and... and Neeson's horse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of which Neeson's is the black horse. Uh, Paul's was a brown one. And... Uh Gideon accepts and he just rides off with the brown horse. And a few moments yeah, a few moments later, or whatever, or hours later, um Neeson rocks up. Neeson rocks up to the watering hole and he's exhausted. He's walked the whole way and he fills up his canister and he's drinking and he as he looks up, um, the Native American is there again. And um you know, the exchange is really I can't remember, it's a great line. Um oh what is it it's that that which you have lost you will get again or that which has been taken from you i can't remember how, i can't remember how it goes you lost a horse here's a horse yeah basically <laughs> you know um and it's, it's really nice because somehow he I realized
0: go as you wish that which is yours will always return to you that which you take away will always be taken from you
1: exactly yeah it's a perfect and. It's it's what's strange about the scene is because how does he know that the black horse was Neeson's mm. and Carver's? Um, but yeah, it's just an interesting. It's a it's a it's a quirky little bit in the film. Um, it gets quirkier. It gets a lot quirkier. Um, but Neeson pays him no heed. He's like, right, thanks, good luck. <laughs> gets the horse and just rides rides after um, Gideon. Um. And then we cut to Gideon, and he's just reached the edge of the desert. Yeah. And he's like, oh, fuck. Look, this is it. Got to cross it. So he rides out into the this open, yeah, open desert. Um, yeah, and the distances in this are a bit funny. You you, yeah. you don't know exactly how... You can see the far side of it, but again, I don't really know how it works, but,
0: yeah, you know... Um, we don't know if it's ours or literally they're just so exhausted it feels like ours. Yes. Um, but this is where you, where I can say this is where I most enjoyed this movie. I think when this character is introduced, um, played by the actor Angelica Hudson, because uh, she's in uh, for anyone that might not, she's the main witch in the witches. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And she's also I think the mother in the Adams family. Right. Do you remember the movie I'm She's no, in that. No, anyway, she's it. the man of that. Anyway, but she's great because she shows up with like this cart and she's selling like a miracle formula lotion snake oil Ointment thing. thing. Um, and do you remember the name of her character? Oh, no. No. Her name is Louise. Was that said? It's on the wagon. Oh, it's on the and wagon. And I wrote that and then I found something interesting about it that I'll say when we get to it. But she then is there. There's a whole dialogue between the two of them. She's like, mm, "Look, matter Thursday," uh, and she's the person who was like, she grew up in Ireland, holds Irish citizenship. Uh, but she, um, she's kind of just telling it like Pierce. Like, "Oh, Sally, this this snake or this lotion, or whatever magical potion." And she's like, uh, "He's like, oh, I don't have anything." She goes, "I like your horse there." Um, and what she do? She gives him because he has it. He has. Neeson's gun but that doesn't have any bullets in it yeah. so she like she appears out of nowhere like nowhere he just turns around in this bear and she goes right well I'll take your horse and I'll give you this one bullet and then he's like well that's all I need, that's and, all I need. and he trades the horse for the bullet and then she throws like this oil at him but it's like sinks into the ground and I feel like that means something but I don't understand it <laughs> <laughs> so then we've got we've got Brosnan in the desert he's exhausted he's got he's got a bit of water left he's got one bullet that's all uh, and then all of a sudden Neeson's coming up then yeah and she appears to Neeson as well and what does she offer him? she offers him a horse oh yeah sorry no Paul. yeah so she takes Brosnan's horse and then she gives Brosnan's oh what happens here then no she takes his horse as well for
1: a gun yes he's like oh that colt will do because a colt is the gun or whatever yeah. um I think it's also a word for a horse That's yeah it is cool. yeah um so she offers him a gun for his horse So she basically takes both their horses She gets two horses out of this um, And he's like okay that'll do Yeah you know? um,
0: Yeah and basically she fucks off So I mentioned her name as Louise Which like actually know the full name That's on the wagon Hit me Louise C. Fair Louise Fair Lucifer the devil. The devil. That's interesting. Uh, so, apparently, her product cleanses the blood and exonerates the bells. S- so, in other words, in a way, the desert kind of represents purgatory, where the, according to the Catholic tradition, sins are burned away. That's cool. There you go. Because that's the
1: kind of vibes you get from the Yeah, scene. it's
0: real, like, this is all a metaphor for something. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I, I never really. And um,
1: every. Never really paid too much heat to it other than the fact that it is a bit surreal. Mm. Um,
0: I didn't notice that. That's a good yeah. fucking point. Well, I have one more point to make about this before we can get to the end of it. Where apparently, in Jewish and Christian theology, I've taken this now, but I didn't compare the two. Uh, so, do you know what a seraphim is? I don't. Know. A seraphim is a type of angel. So, one could conclude that the two main characters are angels that have fallen from grace. Seraphim falls as they battle each other from the mountaintops ie heaven to the hot desert ie hell and i'd written that like it starts in the cold snow and ends in the hot desert so they kind of start as like heroes of both of their you know armies or whatever and then you know divulge further and further down as you go into the lowlands or into the depths of hell the desert if this was, film was a metaphor for us, it probably wouldn't be going too fast. Well. <laughs> no, me and you are going to walk <laughs> from the top of the reek. <laughs> Metaphorically speaking. Metaphorically speaking, I'm, I'm, I'm in Dublin. <laughs> but yeah, I just thought it was kind of interesting about uh, how these characters end because uh, so, where, they, where, the, so how, where we're at now is that Neeson's got a gun but no bullets. Brosnan's got a bullet but no gun two of them are walking in the desert yeah and eventually they
1: they catch up to each other um yeah so it's, it's a bit of a face-off it's it's basically just saying well like or they're saying kind of
0: <sighs> i don't even know if they pull their weapons because i think actually no so so brosnan does have a gun brosnan does have he guns. has neeson's sorry I, di- I said he didn't have a gun he does have a gun he has a bullet and a gun yeah whereas neeson just oh neeson must have a bullet yeah. oh yeah no yeah, yeah. A, oh, yeah. Her gun... Is he a bullet? Because I thought he wasted that on Paul. No, he got his gun from Louise. I'm an idiot. Yes, apologies. Because um, he said there was one in it and he goes, yeah, that's all I need. Yes, yeah, apologies. Need. So they both have one gun and one bullet. One I'm an bullet. idiot. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but basically, they're, they're just talking... There's a no. lot of losing of guns and horses <laughs> in this <laughs> it movie. It is. It's hard it's to It's hard to keep track. If there was some sort of beetle metaphor I could like apply to it, I'd be able to better understand.
1: But it, it, it's really interesting because... Again, it's as if nothing can stop them Like, they both face each other and there's, like, a small exchange. And very quickly, like, Gideon is just saying, okay, finish it. Mm. And you're thinking, okay, is he going to give up? And as quick as a light, he pulls his gun and shoots uh, Carver, Colonel Carver, and, Neeson. and you're like, oh, fuck. Like, that's the way I was. And I was like, oh, fuck, he shot him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is this it? Um, is this how it ends? Like, for such a tragic backstory for Colonel Carver, I was like, yeah. oh, fuck. Um. So I, it, you know, that kind of scene kind of caught me a little bit. I was like, "Oh fuck, I don't want to," die. you know. Uh. But he goes to stand over, um, Carver then, and it's. You know, he seems to find some compassion. He's like, "Fuck, I've just killed hmm. all of this family." Yes. Yeah. I've fuck. killed the father, the baby, you know, the mother, so. uh, the son. Um and he like he crumbles or he you know he breaks down he he you know he lifts Neeson up and I don't know like they they just they're like what's it all for? Kiss. No, but like
0: it, it's gas because what what ends up happening is that Brosnan just looks at Liam Neeson and thinks fuck this guy because he kind of repeats the name of his wife he goes Rose Rose and it's kind of like fuck this guy is on the brink of death he's got nothing left and i've taken everything from him and and brosnan just goes i'll give him what he wants so he just puts the gun he put he he takes he takes neeson's gun puts it to his mouth and then puts neeson's like finger around the trigger and goes Squan, get what you doesn't say this with words but like kind of says it with actions like just take take what you want yeah i'm got i've got nothing left i'm probably gonna die here in the desert you get what you want you can die knowing that you did what you needed to get done yeah and there's this moment of like Whatever happens happens And then Neeson decides not to do it I don't really understand why But I can just see him being like That's He's tired Yeah I guess Like yeah, That's
1: kind of what I took from it It's just that Like they're tired of the killing Yeah You know It doesn't yeah. achieve anything It's never going to get his family back Yeah You know Sure he can get the revenge But like hmm. Fuck it He's dead anyway Do you know Like yeah. they're in the desert Yeah You know No horses No You know
0: Uh but they they kind of help each other up. Yeah, they help um, each other up. Brazen gives them some water. They stand up and they kind of walk towards what we see is like the other side of the desert. But what I really enjoyed was Brazen throws away the gun. The two of them are walking away. You kind of see them diverge. You see Brazen take the knife, which I just this was my my second big part of the movie. Nearly what's where he takes up the knife that he has used to survive everything up until now, and just chucks it into the sand and just goes, "I'm done with being that guy." Yeah. And the two of them literally walk off into the sunset in different op- in different directions. Yeah, like they they slowly just diverge. Diverge. Mm-hmm. And that is Sarah Falls. That is Sarah from Falls. That's a great movie. I had a load of fun with that movie. I I did like I did too. I I really. How the it. Revenant end? Fuck, I can't
1: remember. Exactly, it's a garbage <laughs> movie. It's no good. I. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to lie. Between the jigs and the reels and the whiskey, I was struggling to remember how that one ended as well. <laughs>
0: My timeline was getting a bit confused. <laughs> uh, but no, like, I like, I, like, I really enjoyed, like, okay, my favorite, like, the score was fantastic. Uh, yeah. The, the guy yeah. who did the score um, was uh, was this guy called, because I kept saying to you during it, it was like, I fucking know the score from somewhere. Mm. This guy called Harry Gregson Williams. I have no idea who he is, but he's done lit, like, he's done, like, okay, let me just very quickly go through what he's done, just to show you the sheer volume. Uh, Mulan, The Meg, The Equalizer 2, The Zookeeper's Wife. Uh, The Martian Call of Duty Advanced War The Equalizer Metal Gear Solid 5 uh, Total Recall Not the one you think Arthur (laughs) Christmas Cowboy vs. Aliens The Town Prince of Persia The Sands of Times Shrek Forever After X-Men Wolverine um, The Chronicles of Narnia Prince Caspian Shrek the Third uh, 3 Sorry Shrek the Third the, the, The Number 23 Deja Vu Flushed Away The Chronicles of Narnia He's just done a load of mad shit, but mad. I really enjoyed the score of this. I thought it was, I just really, I just thought it did a really good job of just sort of amplifying the feelings and the emotions of all the scenes. Um, so I love that about it. I loved, I love, I love the performances, even though the accents are a bit dodge. They're a little they're bit dodge. They're not great, they're a bit dodge, uh, because they remind me of, I don't know, there's this Family Guy episode <laughs> where, do you remember where like, um, oh, who is it? It's like Peter Griffin goes like, uh, He goes like, oh my god, they're going to be as hopeless as Liam Neeson playing an American cowboy. (laughs) (laughs) And he just does this really... It's... Hold on, I'll put the clip in here now.
1: But Montana, when will you be back? That's none of your concern. you got to take care of the offspring. Going to take a fortnight at least to get this herd down to St. Louis on Mississippi. This glen's going to be tough to traverse. And that river's got to be 50, 60 meters wide.
0: And if I didn't put the clip in, so what? And, And then that's why... Seth MacFarlane, the family guy, cast Liam Neeson in A Million Ways to Die in the West. Mm. Um, so they weren't great, but they were, a bit, they were a bit grand. But you could tell Brosnan and Neeson were having a such a good, good time. Because when I looked up oh, shit about this movie, everything was just about how they were just so excited to be doing a Western because they're from Ireland and like Westerns were like, big in Ireland when they were growing up. Yeah. And apparently it was like the most fun they'd they had in their filmmaking career because they'd loved Westerns as a kid and they finally got to make one. So yeah. I didn't mind... I, they were okay. I imagine Americans would have a problem with it, but like... But even so, I mean, there's not much dialogue anyway. So no, I mean, that's a good point. So from a critic's point of
1: view, like... You don't notice it too much. Yeah. I mean, the Irish accents, I thought, were very Dodge uh, from the rail. Oh, they were really bad. But the same way I'd the Americans think the American accents they are Dodge. Were. Yeah. And yeah, they've yeah, got yeah. Pierce and Liam doing them. But, uh, yeah, no, like... This, the music I found really, really good as well. Um, the setting was really, really good. I liked... I re- now that you, you talked about, like, the going from the the mountains down to the desert, like a
0: even new new appreciation. Uh, for a it. Very
1: yeah, a very like a nice new appreciation for it. Um, I suppose that should, that's that's my own fault for not looking more into the, the backstory of some of the films. Um,
0: Actually, who does that if not for a podcast?
1: God. <laughs> 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 but no, like yeah. So you know, I really like this movie. Um, yeah, it, it you know it it's not one that's well known, but I think there's a lot going for it. Mm. Um. And I suppose I'm very lucky in that Pierce Brosnan was in this because I was really stuck for one if I didn't (laughs) didn't have this one.
0: Well, I will say, I will say, as someone that does shout on about liking Pierce Brosnan because of his one role that I enjoyed, um, I will say, not only did I appreciate the quality of this movie but the fact that I was able to find a new Pierce Frost movie that I didn't know about that I equally love so I will thank you on two accounts sir one for picking this movie and making me watch it because I ended up loving it and two thanks again for doing this podcast no problem any number three number three I'm racking them up I'm coming for you David <laughs> coming for you David uh, no seriously so, so thank you to you uh, for, for helping kick off Bros and O'Brien Birthday Bros Bonanza uh, I want to say thank you to anyone who's listened to this or any of the other ones if you want to know when new ones are coming out you can follow at Reeling in the Piers on Instagram you can follow on Spotify you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts Keen, thank you again very much no problem thank you and happy birthday thank you very much sir safe nice journey home tomorrow. <laughs> <home. laughs> Uh, yeah on zoom cheers and yeah so again guys uh, check out this movie it's very good and um, thanks again we really hope you enjoyed goodbye